0: Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church, North Adelaide. You can find more great things like this at citylight.church slash North Adelaide.
1: I will be doing the Bible readings today. The first one is Exodus 20, 12, and it goes, Honour your father and your mother so that they may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The next verse is Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 9. children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that they may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favour with their eyes on you, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that who is both their master and yours in heaven, there is no favouritism with him.
0: Welcome to Online Church. My name's Andrew. Um, hopefully, this is the Last online church ever. I'm so thankful for that. Um, we'll be. This is also the last time we're meeting in this building, actually. Um, before we get into the sermon, I would like to thank St Andrew's Presbyterian Church in North Adelaide for their generosity. I want to thank you, publicly thank them, and honour them, especially Pastor Lee, Pastor David Gunning. Um, when we first started City Light North Adelaide, there was no place to be found to like start church or do church. But the church leadership here actually allowed us to use their church building for the evening, and I want to express my my, thankful, my thankfulness, really, for all they've done. Um, I look forward to doing uh, church with you guys and the Estonian building, but also look forward to doing, um, proclaiming the good news of Jesus in this city uh, with our allies down the road, uh, the North Adelaide Presbyterian Church. If you're new here, um, we're in the middle of a sermon series exploring the Ten Commandments called The Good Life. Um, I encourage you, if you have your Bibles open, please keep them open as we explore the Fifth Commandment. Uh, Let's pray and see what God has for us today. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, you've given us life and life to the full through through Jesus. Um, But you've also given us commands as well for our joy and our freedom. Lord, I pray that as we uh, read your word, that you comfort our hurts and you challenge our pride today. I pray that um, as we look at the fifth commandment, help us to remember that your grace comes before everything. I pray, Lord, that you help us today and you, you point us to Jesus. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. In mid-2019, you might have come across this term, OK Boomer. You might be thinking, well, what what is OK Boomer? OK Boomer. OK Boomer is a pejorative retort, essentially, usually from a millennial towards someone older, usually a baby boomer, dismissing of what they've essentially said, um, whether it be online or in person. It got really popular on social media platforms like TikTok and Twitter. And OK Boomers started to gain huge notoriety by November 2019. And eventually hit the mainstream. Most notably, um, 25-year-old New Zealand Greens MP Chloe Swabick reacted to a heckler in the middle of Parliament with... OK Boomer. OK Boomer. If you do the search for what it means, it's interesting that several media platforms have kind of said that OK Boomer is this call to action for boomer, baby boomers to reflect on their values and to change them. So essentially it's meant to be also a bit of a joke. But as much as the re- remark by Chloe Swarbrick was, is kind of funny, I would actually disagree with that definition of OK Boomer. And I'll admit, I'm not the most astute purveyor of, of memes, of meme culture. But every time I've seen the word OK Boomer, it's, in, it's used in at least a very dismissive way. And if not dismissive, then derogative and disrespectful. But here's the thing, though. OK Boomer is not just a millennial thing. You don't have to be a millennial to share the spirit of OK Boomer. I'm willing to guess if you ask a random person on the street, is it a, is it a good thing to respect and obey your parents? I'm fairly sure that, I'm pretty confident that most people would say, yeah, that's a good thing. And yet, I think the phenomenon of OK Boomer reveals to us the reality of our culture. that It talks a lot about respecting and honouring elders, but it struggles to give that where it's due. Which brings us to our commandment today, the fifth commandment, the fifth word of the ten words. Honour your father and mother, So that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. To explore this commandment, we're going to break this up into three parts. One, why do we honour? Two, how should we honour? And three, where do we find the strength to honour? A quick recap. The Ten Commandments were given by God to Moses for his people, the Israelites. And he gave them to them after he saved them out of egypt out of slavery out of oppression and god gives these words these commands as a way for them to live in response to the salvation that god has given them and through these commands they will experience the good life given to them by god and this is especially important to know as we get into the second set of commands you might be thinking what what do you mean second set of commands well Believe it or not, the ten commandments are split up into two sections. The first section, how well, we looked at in the first four weeks, were "How we relate to God." And the second section uh, is from now onwards, the fifth to tenth commandment, "How we relate to people." In fact, this is widely recognized in Scripture. In the New Testament, Jesus uh, was asked, "What is the greatest commandment?" And he quotes the Ten Commandments by categorizing the ten commandments into two commands. He says, "To love your God with all your heart, your soul and your mind." And secondly, to love your neighbor as yourself. And what better way to look at how to love your neighbor as yourself, how to relate to others, and to look at how we should relate to the first people who come into contact when we enter into this world, our parents. Now, full disclosure, I'm I'm aware of the reality that this is a tricky topic for some of us. This, This message can hit home hard for a lot of people. Some will find obeying their parents easy or honouring their parents easy. Some will find it very difficult. But I implore you, if you trust Jesus as your saviour and you know that God is good, my hope and prayer is that you will bring your doubts to God and that, you will, and that God will do surgery on your soul as you learn to trust him at his word. Nevertheless, God gave his people this command so that they will be, they will, that they will be a people marked by the good life. So, why honour? Why should we honour? Well, to understand, to understand why we should honour, we need to understand what honour actually means here in the Ten Commandments. It's also interesting to note that honour actually connotes different things in different cultures, but we need to know what honour here means in the original context. Honour here, uh, the Hebrew word is kaved, and kaved means to be heavy or weighty. And to get the gist of it, the gravity, the weightiness of kaved, in Scripture, kaved is used... Of giving glory to God. An example of this is in Isaiah 25:15. It says, "This therefore, in the east, give glory to the Lord; in the coastlands of the sea, give glory to the name of the Lord, the God of Israel." So, to honor and your, to honor your father and mother, it really means to give the same respect, reverence, and honor that we would to God. Now, when we hear that, you might be thinking. Worship God and only God? Did you not hear the first commandment, Andrew? You shall not have any gods before me? Absolutely. This commandment does not negate the first commandment, but rather here the commandment is to tell us to treat God, no, to treat our parents not as God, but to treat them in a way that is almost God-like. And when you think about it, parents are kind of like God, especially when children are young. When you think about it, think about it. Without your parents, you wouldn't exist. Without God, you wouldn't exist. Without your parents, well, they cared for you. They, they, they provided for you. They nurtured you. They protected you. They love you. What God is like to his people, parents are like to their children. In many ways, fathers and mothers are like God. And that's partly why the Israelites were to honour Kaved, to give greatness to their fathers and mothers. But also, the other reason why the Israelites honoured their parents is also found in the text. It comes with a promise that your days may be long in the land the Lord is giving you. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5.16, commandment, this commandment to honour your parents is reiterated with the promise that it may go well with you. God promised that, the people, uh, that his people would not just live long, lengthy lives, But they would experience the presence of God and his favour if they followed this command. And when you think about it, it makes sense mechanistically, right? If it was in God's good design that he made family, and with stable family dynamics, that would lead to the ideal conditions for human flourishing and ultimately a thriving society. And if you know the story of God's people in the Old Testament, they were meant to be a people marked by the blessing follow, by, by blessings of God when they followed his commandments. And so that when other pagan nations would look at them, they would too be attracted to the God of the Israelites. they would be attracted to his glory and his goodness. And this idea of stable families being good for society is backed up by social data that we have. Kevin DeYoung points out in his book, The Ten Commandments. No matter if you're a liberal or conservative social scientist, the best predictor for health as an adult, and for making through school, staying out of jail, keeping off drugs and avoiding promiscuity, was if you had mum and dad who loved you, and whether you uh, uh, you listened to them and followed them. Honouring your father and mother is good for society. Not only that, but children, when the children honour their parents, it actually teaches them something about junior-senior relationships, about respecting hierarchy in society. And this wasn't just in the Old Testament too. The Apostle Paul in his, in his letter to the Ephesians, the whole letter starts off with um, uh, him telling them about the grace that, that was afforded to them by Jesus, and then he goes on to tell them how to live as God's people. And in the second reading, in it, Paul tells children to obey their fathers and mothers and fathers not to provoke their kids. But then he continues the same theme of humble submission by talking about servants obeying their masters. Giving honour is about humble submission. Giving honour is about humble submission. And as the people of God, it is a good thing that children that you and me honour our parents. Now, as I talk about this, I can feel the pushback on this. You might be thinking, man, humble submission? That sounds like it sucks. And understandably so. If that, it flies in the face of our individualistic culture that we live and breathe. Or you might be thinking, well, Andrew, you don't know my parents. You, they don't they haven't earned my respect. They don't deserve my respect. And yes, that might be true. That might be true. I don't doubt that some parents are very, very hard to deal with. You may have hurt from childhood trauma. You may feel abandoned by a parent. I don't want to just discount the immense pain and suffering that some people have experienced at the hands of their parents. I'm not saying here that if your parent is being abusive that you must stay there and obey there. And if you're watching this and that is you, you have the right, and I I would plead with you, call the police and get the heck out of there. And if you need support and care, reach out to us or at least someone. But the sad reality is that we live in a broken, messed up world. But simply because people have abused their roles as parents, It doesn't reduce the goodness of the structure of family. Because at the end of the day, this command is not about our parents deserving honor. It's about the realization that our life is not our own, but it's a gift from above. It's a gift from our parents, but ultimately from God. Life is a gift from God. Salvation is a gift from God. Freedom from sin and bondage and death is a gift from God. Remember, grace is the motivation for obedience. Grace comes before the law. When we take this command seriously, it, when we treat our parents well and honour them, it reflects how we treat God. Which leads me to my second point. How do we honour? How do, how do we do it? Well, if you're looking at a list of things to do, the Bible doesn't tell it. give us that at all. And the thing is, honour is perceived as different things in different cultures. I get that. But we must remember how the Bible defines honour. We must remember what kaved means. It means to give weight. And that weightiness does not start with our hands, but it starts with our hearts. Having said that, giving weightiness to our parents might look different at different life stages. So I'm going to look at what that might look like for children, for early adults and 40 plus. Firstly, for children, um, as a child, um, even up to maybe the point of 20, maybe even 25, um, a lot of development is actually happening in the brain. In particular, this part of the brain, this front chunky bit called the prefrontal cortex, it's responsible for uh, self-control, for decision-making, for planning, for problem solving, all those kinds of things. It actually makes sense that honouring parents in this developmental life stage consists of mostly obeying. Because during these years, children are growing their capacity to reason, and it's actually in their best interest to follow the instructions of parents. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. You don't have to look as as far as a child refusing to eat his vegetables And demanding chicken nuggets because they'd rather be fat and happy instead of being skinny and healthy. No joke, these were the words of young King Curtis, as he calls himself, on the American TV show Wife Swap. Chicken nuggets is like my family. Obedience should be the predominant marker shown by children when honouring their parents because it's actually good for them. This is obviously assuming that parents are looking out for their children, not telling them to do something that's wrong. But nevertheless, obedience is the key marker that should be shown by young children. The next life stage is early adulthood. Early adulthood is defined as anywhere between 20 and 35, which is actually most of our congregations. So that's a lot of you talk right now. Um, As we grow in our independence, we start to make more decisions for ourselves and the nature of our relationship with our parents changes. And the Bible is not shy from this reality at all. Um, As we grow up, we grow our own sense of identity, who we are. But even though as early adults we are gaining more independence, when we leave our father and mother, it does not mean that we stop honouring them. But what does it look like to give weight? To our parents here. Well, I think humble submission here looks like reverence. Growing up in a Vietnamese home, I've always found it quite interesting that Australian culture likes to make parents out to be like their friends. But now thinking about it, in one sense, it's I think it's kind of helpful because it shows that the parents acknowledging are acknowledging that their child is coming into their own. But in another sense, I think it's kind of dangerous because. As early adults, we can then start to dismiss our parents, and not give them the reverence that's due to them, because of Dad's just old mate, right? We can unintentionally overlook the massive fact that they cared for us all of our lives up to this point, and we can become cavalier and dismissive of all their contributions, which can lead to a propensity towards ungratefulness. On the flip side, I think there are are many honor-shame cultures, such as Eastern cultures, that have a potentially unhealthy, overstated value on honor. To the point where young adults struggle to thrive and flourish due to fear of shame and bringing disrepute to the family name. Things like who you marry, and if and when you have kids, and what kind of job you have, and how much money do you make, and what suburb do you live. If you've seen the movie Mulan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Fa Mulan present speaking without permission oops but i think having read scripture and being a child of two cultures if honor begins with the heart then to honor your father and your mother as a christian young adult is to not elevate yourself and to keep your parents in high standing it means to listen to them when they have something to say and act and actually considering what they're saying revolutionary idea right It means supporting each other in life and being happy and willing to help them if need be, and to show them gratitude all of the time, not just on Father's or Mother's Day with a half-hearted box of cheap chocolates. Now, the way that plays out in certain families may differ, but for some of us, I think it might even start with something as small as a regular phone call to tell them that you love them and that you're thankful to God for their work in you. Just a suggestion. And lastly, the final last stage I want to talk about is when we're older, middle-aged adults, 40 plus. Realistically here, in this life stage, our parents are becoming older and they need more help. In fact, if you rewind back to our Mark series, in Mark 7, Jesus Jesus makes a very poignant point about looking after parents in their old age as a way of honouring them. As our parents reduce their workload and eventually retire, they will need more support, maybe financially, materially, emotionally, spiritually, especially if one of our parents passes away before the other. Consider Paul's instruction to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5. He says this, Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has, a chil- has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. Give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially their own household, has denied their faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Oof. Honoring your parents is not merely lip service, but it's treating them with the dignity of the dignity of being a human made in the image of God. And this is especially true if of our parents if they need assistance to live when they're no longer socially and economically productive members of society. Well, you might be thinking, "Well, if my parents become elderly, does that mean does that mean age care?" And in some cases, I I think so. But again, honor starts with the heart. What must be done is in the best interest of our parents to honor them, and not what is easiest for us. And that's the thing. No matter what life stage you're in, honoring your parents can be quite hard. Which leads me to my third point. Where do we find the strength to honour our parents? Because in all reality, God is commanding us to honour people who are flawed individuals. There there is no hiding that. There is no perfect father or mother on earth, especially if we've been hurt or if trust has been broken. It's a really hard thing to do. And yes, it might be easier if our parents were, were perfect or close to perfect, but they're not. And even if they were perfect, the problem ultimately has to do with us and our desires. Because here in the West... We are plagued by the, by the cult of individualism. It's about me first. Because, but because honour, because weightiness starts not with our heart, hands, but our heart, we must point our hearts to the one who can change it. No matter the reason for our lack of honour to our parents, if the, grip, if the gift of grace has gripped us, we will willingly surrender our hang-ups, our traumas, our ego, our pride, and give them to Jesus. When we look at him and see his perfect character, his love will transform us to be like him. And you know what? When we obey him, when we obey this command, it is evidence of us growing into the image of Christ. And when you look at the life of Jesus, he too was submissive to his parents. Look at him in Luke 2, 46-51. It says this, After three days they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him, who heard him, was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? he asked. Didn't you know that I had been in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth with them, and what it was obedient to them. But this mother but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. If there was anyone allowed to do anything they wanted, it was the God incarnate himself, Jesus Christ. And even though he knew he was the son of God, he what? He humbly submits himself to Mary, his earthly mother. And Jesus honors his mother so much that in John 19, when we see him on the cross experiencing immense agony and shame, he makes sure that his mother is cared for. This is the degree of humility Jesus had. And if you've been re- rescued by the blood of Jesus, God is changing you and redeeming you to become like that kind of person. The kind of person that is so concerned with others that you they put, you put your needs their needs before theirs. No, their needs before yours. Even in the face of death, This is the kind of person that Jesus wants you to be, the kind of person that that loves your neighbour for as yourself, the kind of person that thinks of yourself less and honours your mother and father more. The thing is, you can't do this alone. But that's okay, because God has given us His Holy Spirit. God hasn't left us to our own devices. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. The Holy Spirit will help us persist with patience and kindness towards in honouring our parents. But the Holy Spirit can also help us in our ability to forgive our parents for what they might have done to us. Now for some of us, this is not going to be an overnight change. But know this, it will be a lifelong challenge of asking and relying on God for his strength day by day. It will be a lifelong challenge of asking God to impact us with the truth that he is all satisfying and that he is all sufficient for us and that we lack nothing if we have him and lastly we must remind ourselves of the promise that Paul reminds us of in Ephesians in the second reading it's interesting that Paul when he quotes the the, the command to honour our parents he also quotes the promise attached to it that it may go well with you that you may live long in that land what Paul isn't saying here is that if we obey our parents that we get to live in Australia for a long time no he's not saying that at all What Paul is encouraging us, though, is that under the new covenant, as we honour our parents, since we are already God's people, one day we will inherit and rule over the earth, the land that we're standing on right now, with Jesus, as we experience his presence and unending favour. That's where we can get strength from, by looking at the work, life and death of Jesus, by asking for help from the Holy Spirit, by fixing our eyes on the goal of our faith that one day we will see him face to face and enjoy him forever the father has loved us so well through giving us Jesus and when we are obedient to his commands it reveals the posture of our hearts towards him and as hard, hard as it may be to follow we know that God is good His ways are so much better than our ways. We've been given so much in this life, and we'll be given so much in the life to come. And in Christ, we have all the reason to follow him. So as this week, as we honour our father and mothers, let's remind ourselves of the motivating grace that has been given to us by our Heavenly Father. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make this wretch his treasure. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus that he died for us, that he did the thing that we could not do, and he reconciled us to you. He showed us a new way, and he showed us that even, um, even in the midst of facing death, that he cared for others. Help us to be like that, when we see his love, help us to be like him. Lord, we pray that um, we become more uh, grateful towards our parents. Help us to honour them well. Help us to show them weightiness. Not because they deserve it, but because we realise that our lives are not our own. Lord, you are good. Help us to realise that. Help us to live in light of that. Um, We pray that your spirit... um, that you, you, you are like a balm to our wounds. Lord, we pray that you heal us and, and so that we, when we do this command, we do it for your glory's sake. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for our parents. We, we, we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church, North Adelaide. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church, or to donate to the
1: work of City Light Church North Adelaide, visit us at citylightchurch Adelaide.